Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Other Everything that we do every day, we want to be a champion. Get your mind right and let's go. Do the little things. Win every day. It's a place they play so far. Everything with an attitude. Alabama. I don't give a shit who we're playing. This is a mauling, folks, a mauling. Fear the tide, honey badger. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. Guys, this is Dave riding solo. And uh, if you've been riding, uh, listening to sort of this little mini preseason series, uh, you can probably tell my voice is getting rougher and rougher as we go through. I am doing a marathon recording session. And uh, today we are going to turn around and look forward. Uh, We've done a lot of sort of look back and that's been fun and a lot of fun topics. But we are going to cast our eyes forward on the 2018 season. And the next two shows, we're going to do this show focused on defense. We're going to run through each uh, position, uh, give you some opinions on the positions. And then uh, the show, the fifth show, uh, we're going to do the same for offense. Uh, This show will include a little bit of special team stuff. And in the offense show, we'll do, um, you know, some prediction stuff. So with that, why don't we jump in? And uh, and hey, look, I'm going to caveat this. Practices go fast. Scrimmages. I don't know that we have another scrimmage before the kickoff. Um, and so we're going to mention some stuff here that in a couple of days, uh, may be a little bit dated. Uh, if somebody gets hurt in camp, uh, when we're recording this on the 20th, the night of the 20th, there may have been some late breaking news today. Uh, I'm recording after work, so, uh, I may have missed a late breaking report or if something happens on Tuesday or Wednesday, then just, you know, a little grace on, uh, when these shows are coming out relative to, sort of the real dynamic nature of what uh, is happening in practice. And, you know, God knows we've had uh, sort of a run of injury in practice, and uh, I really hope that is over. So anyways, with that sort of said, let's jump in and talk defense. And we're going to start the defensive line. I'm going to hit, you know, hopefully hit these positions pretty quick and just, you know, sort of give my rundown. You know, there's a theme on defense. And I'll just tell you this because I'll repeat it a couple of times as we go through this. But on defense, the theme really is our top level talent is top shelf. And I think there are a lot of teams in the country that would take our top guys. We get thin quick. And, you know, Saban was very colorful in uh, in talking about, you know, we can't just go shit another player. Uh, We'd have true depth concerns. And I think he's right. And he is especially right on defense. And I, I sort of get a tickle out of, you know, when he's talking to the media and he's talking, you know, about fan expectations and stuff. And he says, no one talks about this. No one, you know, everyone's like, we just got another five star. We got another player. We got another this, um, that these injuries and these, these depth concerns don't matter. And I feel like coach, 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 we're in your corner. Let's do our podcast. Cause I, you know, I feel like we are always talking about depth. 
Um, we had, it seems like a couple of years ago, we did depth watch every week was something that, that, uh, that, that we talked through. And so that is, that really is the theme of defense this season. And, and, and we're still in the preseason mode. And so if we start dropping players in the season, you know, it's kind of all bets are off, but I'm going to tell you when Saban and, and I like the Cecil Hurt article, you know, that says, you know, that talked about, you know, when Saban went on that sort of that rant, uh, you know, Cecil, you know, underscored that that's that's sincere. That is not Saban trying to drum up anything. That is his sincere. If it's a little bit crass, OK, but it is just sincere. It is heartfelt, it is authentic. And I'm going to tell you, yes, it is. <laughs> I'm going to tell you spot on. Uh, that's, you know, we're as thin as is it is it as coach makes it out to be um, there's, that is not a charade. That is not a, um, you know, he's not shoveling stuff there. And so that is the theme that I would put on when we think about defenses, that there is, there, there is top shelf talent, no doubt, but it gets thin quick. So let's jump into it. Uh, defensive front. And again, right. Raycon, Raquan Davis and Isaiah Bugs, They are the returning stars uh, two of the better, I say, defensive linemen in the country. Quinnen Williams is, is I think, going to burst on the scene uh, this year. He had a couple really good games uh, last year. I think Raekwon and Isaiah got better and better as the season went on. There were a couple flashes, flash games that Isaiah had, that Bugs had, where he was the best defender on the field for stretches of games. And so I think he's going to play more into himself. I think Quinnen is going to is going to bust out. And so you think about top three defensive linemen. I like our top three. Clemson may be one of the few teams that would not trade their top three for our top three. There's a lot of teams, a mighty lot of teams that would trade their top three for our top three. And so I really like who we have. I like LeBron, uh, LeBron Ray. As, as sort of a fourth, uh, is sort of a fourth guy. And again, a lot of teams would trade for our top four. Clemson wouldn't, Miami might not. There's probably uh, other teams, but uh, but our top four, I really, really like. From there, we need some folks to step up. Uh, Johnny Dwight's a senior, and he played some last year. He gave us some reps. We need a guy that can hoover up some reps, that can s- just suck up some reps so the other guys can can get some rest. You know, Johnny Johnny Dwight needs to step in and uh, and take ownership of of his role. Uh, maybe if he could blossom a little bit this year, like Joshua Frazier did last year, then that would be nice. That would give us that little extra something. The player that I've got circled as as a must watch is Tavita Masika. He's a guy that all of his coaches. Uh, all of his coaches indicate that he is a high motor, a high energy guy. It goes about 340, so he's a plugger. Uh, but if he truly has the motor, he truly has the energy, then he, then he can be a from nowhere guy. He can be the guy that, to, that truly comes from nowhere. You know, Isaiah Bugs kind of came from nowhere last year. If Tavita comes in and is is three quarters of what Isaiah was last year, then this defense will be spectacular. Um, that we're just that close on depth, I think. And so if Tavita can step up, I think we're going to be, uh, that's going to be the one to watch. If there's a hinge 
or linchpin of is this defensive front okay or does it have a chance to really be special? There's it's it hinges on someone really busting out and Tavita Masika I think is in my mind is is that guy. Uh, Fidelia, uh, Phil Darian Mathis, uh, I think his his lower body is filled out a little bit. I think he's going to be able to eat up some snaps. Uh, hopefully he can he can sort of step in and uh, maybe kind of do what Quinnen did last year, step in and and play a bigger role. Uh, Christian Bearmore, we talked about one of the freshmen needing to step up. Stair, uh, Bearmore or Win, I think it's more Bearmore just by function of of Win being injured. Um, you know, Stephen Williams uh, or Win. He may well, uh, he may well redshirt. We'll have to see. Now that's a lot of names, you know, six, seven, nine names. Uh, and you want to have those kinds of numbers. Uh, just because we can write down nine names, though, doesn't mean we have nine players. So we need, you know, beyond Davis, Bugs, and, and Quinnen. I like our uh, LeBron Ray. I like our top four. We need a five or six. And somebody in the person of, you know, Dwight, Masika, and Mathis, I think really need to step up. And if we get two of those guys to really step up, then this has then the defensive front has an opportunity to to be really special. Uh, linebackers, again, I'll take our top four against anyone uh, inside Mac Wilson and uh, Dylan Moses, and on the outside, Anthony Jennings and Christian Miller. I'll take that top four against anyone, and I'll tell you, I wish. I wish our next four were available. I wish our next four were available. Um, these are the four guys that we don't have for all for various reasons. Uh, Keith Holcomb has stepped away from football. Uh, his experience on the inside, I think, would be helpful. He wasn't the most athletic. He wasn't the best uh, middle linebacker, and we certainly wish him well uh, going on to play uh, focus on baseball full time. But he knew the defense. He could be a coach on the field, and he could make uh, hustle plays. And so I wish we had Keith Holcomb. I wish Vandarius Cowan uh, had not screwed up his opportunity. Uh, and I certainly wish uh, Terrell Hall and Chris Allen had not uh, gotten injured. And so you think about Mac Wilson, Dale, uh, uh, Dylan Moses, Anthony Jennings, and Christian Miller. If you could wrap that up then with Keith Holcomb, Vandarius uh, Cowan, Terrell Hall, and Chris Allen – and then the rest of the lineup, then we might be as deep a linebacker as anybody in the country. You take those four out, we get thin fast, and we get thin real fast. At inside linebacker, we're looking at Markel Benton, who's played a little bit but not a lot, and senior Joshua McMillan, who has always been a favorite of mine, uh, but he's he's been plagued by some injuries. He played well in spots last year. But when you think about he might be the third middle linebacker, that's that might be too rich for his blood. And so we'll we'll have to see. Markel Benton's going to have to step up. Josh McMillan, you know, is going to have to step us up as well. You talk about outside linebacker after Jennings and Miller, and you go Jamie Mosley coming off now as uh, separated shoulder and Ben Davis. Again, you get you get thin fast. I like. Jamie Mosley, he's more athletic, I think, than what Keith Holcomb was last year. Um, but he's not dynamic. Uh, he can play well. He can maintain the edge. He can follow sort of the responsibility. But he's not athletically dynamic in the way some of these other guys are. 
it's not a knock. I'm just I'm just saying we get thin quick at that position. And Ben Davis is a guy uh, we all want him to succeed, and he has not emerged yet. And so we're going to have to see if he does. This is a true opportunity that he has uh, to emerge, uh, but he's going to have to step into that. It's not unusual to see a player take time. Ryan Anderson took time. Reggie Ragland took time. And so Ben Davis, it may take him time. Hopefully that time is going to is going to break out this season. We'll see. <clears throat> Beyond those guys, you really get into the freshmen. And here's where we need this this will make or break the linebacker position. This will make or break the middle uh truly the middle of the defense is how these freshmen perform, how they jump on the scene and how they perform. So inside linebacker Jalen Moody and look, you know, reports are nice uh, in terms of his development, what he brings to the table, he's going to get an opportunity for playing time for reps early in the season. And then Brandon Cahoe uh, or Ali Cahoe, I'm not sure which he's really going to go by. I've heard both. I've heard reporters use both. Uh, but Brandon I, Ali uh, Cahoe, he's the dude from Washington, right? He's the dude that came in, uh, committed to Washington, didn't enroll and was able to transfer. He was a five-star in last year's recruiting class. Um, he's had some, some, I would say, family turmoil. I think it was a death in a family. I, I don't know all the details, and I'm not going to speculate as if I do. Uh, but I think he's down some weight. Uh, I think he's sort of been distracted some in, in this offseason. And so if he comes in, gets his head on right, can put on some some good weight, uh, but do it relatively quickly, uh, I think he's an he's going to be a guy that he's a guy that you would really love to redshirt him this year, but I don't think we have the luxury. I think he's going to spend some time on special teams, and I think he's going to get some late game rotation. And if he can develop and continue to sort of bloom and blossom, then he may give us some of the depth that that we have there. But if you think about again inside linebacker after Mac Wilson and Dylan Moses, and hey. Let's be honest. Mac is a truck. I mean, no pun intended. But remember last year, it was the Mercer game when we were we were saying he's going to play the Mercer game, make the calls, and we're going to see if he can really play the middle linebacker position. And we need him to figure that shit out because we've got Auburn coming and then we've got, you know, a championship run. And 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 he sort of lived up to that. But let's not forget that it was <clears throat> that late in the season where we still had significant questions about him sort of owning the mantle of that position. And here he is, a bedrock, uh, uh, a proposed bedrock in, in this year's defense. So let's think about that. But, you know, an in inside linebacker, Mike Wilson, Dylan Moses, and you go straight to, you know, Markel Benton and Josh McMillan. And I'm not mad at those guys. I'm just – if you're listening, you know that there's a drop-off there. Uh, Jalen Moody and, and Ali Keo are going to have to step up. Uh, at outside linebacker, you know, we've got uh, Iyabi Amona, Anoma <clears throat> out of uh, Maryland. I think he was the number one uh, defensive end uh, uh, rusher in uh, high school football. I think he has the opportunity to come in almost from day one and play a Tim Williams role. And I'll tell you this. I think, and we'll talk about offense, uh, I think we have the opportunity to be ahead in a lot of games, and that is going to create the opportunity for a lethal pass pass rush, uh, again, like Tim Williams. 
Um, you know, one of the things the uh, one of the things the, uh, uh, the the Indianapolis Colts did when they had Peyton Manning, they knew they needed a pass rush because they were going to lead in a lot of games, and they needed to get after the other team's quarterback. I think that's the model this year's defense. We're going to need to get after the opposing team's quarterback. We know that we're young in the secondary, and we know that we're young overall and thin overall in defense. Let's get the other team off the field, and we will attack, attack, attack the quarterback. And Yabi Anoma, I think, may be a secret weapon or special weapon in that task. Uh, so circle his name, put a star next to his name. I think he has the opportunity to, to really sort of be a highlight real contributor in, in the pass rush. And he may be a one-trick pony this season, right? That doesn't mean he won't develop over his career. But as a true freshman, we just may roll him out there on third and longs and say, sick him. And that's, you know, let instincts take over. Uh, Jorez uh, Parks and Cameron uh, Latou, uh, Latou, I think both of those guys have an opportunity to contribute. And if we get that many, I think there's more names, maybe more bodies uh, at the outside uh, linebacker. I think if we can get more of those guys, frankly, I think there's more talent there, then we may see some of those guys move into the middle. So we're going to have to see. I think we see a lot of nickel and a lot of dime to offset some of the lack of depth a linebacker and um you know we're going to need at least at least two of the freshmen to step up it's a a critically important position and if you guys have listened you've heard us talk about this uh it was a few years ago we played virginia tech to open the season and we physically outmanned them outpositioned them uh shut them down we ended up you know beating them by a closer score than we would have liked one of the plays that kept that a close score was a 75 80 yard run that Virginia Tech had for a touchdown. And they were able to make that run because the linebacker was late plugging his gap, um, uh, fitting his fitting his hole. And so when you think about the lack of depth at linebacker and the need to play some of these younger guys, it can it can put you in a pickle quick if they don't know the system well enough to fill their gap or plug their hole. Uh, and then you got Vatek, you know, rambling for an 80 yard touchdown while you sit there and get pissed off about it. So what we need to, what we need is these young cats to grow up quickly so that they can fill uh, these positions. Let's talk about uh, secondary. Everything we've talked about on defensive front and linebacker is, is multiplied. I think in the secondary, um, we had an unprecedented loss of six players and not just any old six players, our starting dime, you know, you start with four, two safeties, two corners. You go to a, you know, you go to a nickel with a fifth and you go to a sixth and they call it a dime. We lost our full dime. So not just six guys off the roster that had DBs next to their name, but the first six off the bench to play in a game in the position. We lost them all. Unprecedented um, loss. Now, what we replaced them with is a lot of youth and a lot of I think increased athleticism and, and, you know, there's guys on last year's team I'd rather have back. Don't get me wrong, but a lot of youth and a lot of athleticism, you know, we base out of a nickel and you've guys heard us talk about, talk about that. And so here's what I project as the starting lineup. And I've got, you know, maybe some commentary on some of this stuff. I think Trayvon Diggs and Savon Smith 
are the two cornerbacks. Uh, Trayvon started the season last year. He was overtaken by Levi, <clears throat> Levi Wallace. And Tavon Smith, as a true freshman, started at LSU. And you can argue about are they DBU or are we DBU, but it, it you know historically has been close enough contest such that if he has gone to LSU and started at LSU, dude's got skills. For whatever reason, he was out at LSU, went to JUCO, and now he's you know now he's on our squad. And I think he has the opportunity to to step in and be a day one starter. Uh, he's proven that he can go into a big time program, um, and and do that. I think Shai Carter, Shaheem Carter. I think he starts at the star, which is the position that Minka uh, played last year. He got some good reps there last year. Uh, he, he, he has played some corner, um, but uh, I think he steps in at the star. He seems like a very dynamic player, and uh, I think he's going to serve us very well at that position. So that's three of the five um, when we talk about a base nickel. Our safeties are going to be Deontay Thompson, and he started uh, a game or two last year, looked really good, and uh, Xavier McKinney, who played more special teams and late game action last year. Uh, I think he's coming on in fall camp. He was a kid that last year I thought we'd have a hard time keeping off the field, just his athleticism, and uh, and and that proved to be true. We were not able to redshirt him, uh, and I think we're, we see more of him blossom and develop uh, this year, and so that's uh, that's Xavier McKinney. Now then you start looking about who's going to play the money position, which is the uh, the dime back. And I'm going to throw two names at you, um, and then we can talk about you know some other depth at the position. Patrick Sertain is Sertain Sertain um, is going to be hard to keep off the field, just like McKinney was last year. Um, and we're going to look for an opportunity to put him on the field. His athleticism, his size, and his athleticism are, think, are, are going to be assets. Uh, he might be groomed for the star position. I don't know that he's going to be quite ready for it. And and here's here's where we're, it's going to be interesting to see moving parts because it's all about you think about def, uh, think about offensive line. You want your top five guys out there. Well, the secondary is very similar. Um, you want your best guys out there, but you want them in positions that they're they're they that they can play, and so I think you know Trayvon couldn't keep the spot last year, and so you wonder can he keep the spot this year? Well, if Sertan and this is sort of the chain link, right? If if Patrick really steps up and and demonstrates that he can play the star, well then maybe Shaw goes to corner, and 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 is he better than which of the two corners? Well, maybe Diggs. And and so you get, you know, athleticism on the field that way. Now, I think Trayvon Diggs is very athletic. I think he's going to be super motivated this season. So I'm not knocking on the kid. I'm just I'm just showing you how, you know, these things kind of these things kind of interact now. And another name that and this is going to be a below the radar name, but another name. And I'll tell you sort of my two cents on this is Daniel Wright uh, was a um, I think is a true sophomore this year. Uh, played lights out on special teams uh, last year. And he's a kid that was a corner in high school, probably projected more to safety uh, at college. A little bit, little bit undersized, didn't have the top end speed uh, as, as some of the other guys, but, but still very athletic and really proved himself on special teams, really laid some wood a couple of times last year. Now, think about this. Daniel Wright had a shoulder injury, and I don't know the extent of it, and and I don't have insider knowledge on this. This is just 
This is just my two cents uh, based on, you know, how things sometimes just come together. He had a shoulder injury and Saban talked about it in the media as this is a circumstance where the medical staff is talking to Daniel and talking to his parents and they're going to make the decision to see whether or not uh, they want to do surgery or they want to try to let it play out, see if he can play through it and manage it by treatment. And so that sounds like, to me, hey, we need you in the secondary and we think there's an opportunity for you to start. Now think about this. If you had a, if you had an injury that would hurt like the devil, but you could play through it and you weren't going to play this season, we well, just go ahead and get the surgery. Um, or if you had that same injury and you had a chance to start, you take your chance to, at starting. And so I think Daniel Wright, truly has an opportunity to earn the starting spot at the money position, which is our dime. We play more dime uh, now than we did five or six years ago. And so I think that starting at the dime position used to not mean a lot. I think it means a lot more now. And I think Daniel Wright has an opportunity to start at the dime. And so we'll see how that plays out and uh, we'll see how that we'll see how that goes. Uh, but I do think Patrick Sertain uh, will be hard to keep off the field. And so that gives us some some versatility, uh, some variability there. All of these guys, all of them are super young. I'd, I'd done the math on this before. I think that um, I think we return two starts, not two starters, but two starts. And so if you take I'm just going to use sort of round number math. Uh, if you play 12 games, we played more than 12 games. But if you play 12 games and there's five starters because we play base, uh, then you've got 60 starts. Uh, and then if you play 14 games, that's 74. So let's call it 74 starts. I think we played 15 games, 14 games. Okay. So you got 74 starts. We return two so holy cow um so that means there's a lot of opportunity there's a lot of youth and it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out but i think our i think our base to start the season is trayvon uh uh Savon smith um shy carter deontay thompson xavier mckinney i think when we go to money to start the season it's daniel wright patrick certain will certainly get some run and uh, a couple of guys to watch out for jared maiden uh, Josh Job and Kareek McDonald. I kind of like Kareek as sort of a stocky, you know, maybe sort of fill the box kind of guy, um, which may help us where we have some linebacker issues. That'll be interesting to see. But I think I think we'll see a sort of a steady diet of those those guys, uh, and then we'll settle into someone. Now I'm going to tell you this: the secondary for my money reminds me this year's secondary reminds me of 2015 when we played Wisconsin. Uh, and in Wisconsin, not really known for a passing attack, that day they were 26 of 39, completed 67% of their passes. They specifically went after our secondary. Now, I'm going to name some names here, and it's going to be an impressive group of names. But remember, two of these guys were freshmen, and at the time, they were not then who they are now. 
the 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 starting secondary, Marlon Humphrey, uh, Cyrus Jones, Eddie Jackson, Ronnie Harrison, and Minka Fitzpatrick. And so a lot, a lot of youth. And that was coming off of the 2014 season <clears throat> when the secondary was was very bad. Um, and we went into that Wisconsin game. And if you guys have listened to this podcast long enough, you you remember my excitement. And I was really bullish on the secondary in 2015. And 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 I said, I said, Tommy, and I would tell anyone that would listen, I said, dudes, dudettes, Staben has overhauled this secondary. We talk about, and at the time, we used to talk about, hey, the Alabama secondary was stronger when we had a corner type player at the star position. And so we would play Vinny Sinceri at the star, who's very um, intuitive, but not athletic like a corner, versus when we played Javi Arenas at the star position. We were much more dynamic. And and so sort of basing from that theory, I said, dudes and, and, and dudettes, in 2015, we're up and at a level. We have four guys that are native corners, Humphrey, Cyrus, Eddie Jackson, and Minka. We've got four guys that their skill set is, is cornerback. And we're going to put four of them on the field all at once with a, a more of a true safety headhunter in Ronnie Harrison. I said, this defense, this secondary will get better every week, demonstrably so, week after week. And by the end of the season, this secondary will be a strength of the team. And that turned that in that, you know, for my money, that ended up being true, right? And I think this secondary very much reminds me um, of that in 2015. We've got a lot of young guys, a lot of unproven guys. The athleticism is off the charts. We're going to end up with multiple corner skill set types on the field with rotation. They're going to take their lumps. Bobby Petrino, and look, I know they're running their mouth about winning the game. and You know, that'll catch up with them. But they're going to score some points. They will, and they will make some hay against our secondary. They will. Now, they may give up some plays, and they may get punched in the nose, but they're going to make some plays against the secondary. The secondary is going to settle down. I, You know, you if you've been listening, you're probably tired of hearing me telling a story about um, – Oh, and I just had a brain lapse uh, on uh, on a cornerback. But we played him against Arkansas, and he gave up a, a big play, and um, and ended up over the course of his career, he learned from that, developed from that, and um, went on and was an All America and was a first round draft pick of the Jets. And for the life of me, I just went completely uh, blank on his name. But this this season, this secondary reminds me of that. And so just watch it. I'll say this, your mama will be able to tell week over week that the secondary is getting better. That's how demonstratively they will improve uh, as the season uh, as the season wears on. So that's my rundown of the uh, positions in the, in the defense. Uh, overall, my sum- summary, uh, I kind of kicked it off this way. Overall, my summary on the secondary is top end talent is phenomenal. Uh, we will give up big plays early, but we're going to settle down. A lot of youth, 
lot of injury or a lot of inexperience and barring injury, it will finish as one of the better uh, defenses in college football. It won't finish as one of the best defenses in Saban uh, in Saban's time. And when I say it'll finish as one of the best secondaries, that doesn't mean it necessarily is going to be ranked in the top three or top five because it'll have some ground to make up. But its play at the end of the season will be top shelf. Uh, again, bar an injury and assuming that these these um, these cats come together and play well. Uh, special teams. Um, we've got a little kicker kickoff. Uh, Joseph Balu. Uh, uh, Bolivos and Austin Jones from Temple. I'm going to tell you, Joseph's going to win just so I have to pronounce his name uh, all season. Punter Skylar DeLong. Is that not the porn star name of punters? Uh, it's like Maximus Ramos or something. You know, he's a punter and Skylar Long is his name. That is just phenomenal. Uh, we've got Mike uh, Bernier from Eastern Illinois and uh, Preston Knight. Uh, I, I think, you know, they're going to battle it out. I think Skyler probably gets the gig, and then returners. I think it's. Uh, I think it's. You know, I think it's. I think it's some combination of Henry Ruggs, uh, Jalen Waddle. I think it's sees the field here. I think Xavier Marks has always been a guy that that we've gone to, and then I'll throw a couple a couple other uh, names at you. Josh Job, I think, has an opportunity to contribute here, and Chadarius uh, Townsend. I think uh, as superior athleticism, he's going to have a hard time finding a role at wide receiver, I think, but I think he can earn a spot in the return game. So that's what I give you for the defense. It's going to start off young. It's going to start off uh, with inexperience and mistakes, but it's going to gel and you can, you'll watch it get better every week. And that's something that we'll talk about every week as the, as the season goes on. So that's my forecast for the defense. If you have any questions or thoughts or, man, why didn't you mention this guy or why didn't you elaborate on this? Reach out to us, let us know, and we'll pick it up and we'll have that conversation. Email us at alabamafootballpodcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on Facebook, Alabama Football Podcast on Facebook. Leave us a review, a rating on iTunes, and we would absolutely love to interact with you in each of those forms. We greatly appreciate it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch gears just a little bit, and I'm going to do like the NPR fundraising portion of the program. I know that sounds weird. So let me throw something at you. We're, we talked about we're entering our ninth season on this, and we absolutely love doing it. It's a hobby. Uh, sometimes sometimes we feel like, I don't have time to do that, or you know, a late recording of a, of a podcast or the pre But while we're doing it and when we're doing it and the fact that we do it, we absolutely love it. Um, it's, it's, it is a hobby. And we greatly appreciate some of the folks that have missed us, have reached out and said, hey, we know it's a hobby, but gosh, we'd like to hear from you. Um, it is a hobby and it does come with costs. Uh, when we do these uh, shows, there's some production that we uh, pay to have uh, someone do. Uh, we have to host the website. We have to host the audio. There's a monthly expense that we have. There's a per episode expense that we have. And we're not above asking for help. <laughs> um, you know, we're looking at maybe some some ads or sponsors. If you are a business or have a business and would like to sponsor a show, we would absolutely love to take on uh, a sponsor. We'd also like to look at 
opportunities for some sort of listener supported model. We don't want to charge for the podcast. We know that a number of people have, have, have even specifically commented. We know it's a lot of work that you guys do. We really appreciate it. The fact that you do it for free. We really appreciate that as well. We want to keep that as, as a basis. <clears throat> if we can defray some costs with ads, then we would love to do that. Uh, but again, a listener supported model, we wouldn't be opposed to something like that too. And so I'm just throwing this out as, as ideas. I'm engaging with you in conversation. If you have thoughts on this, uh, you like it, you don't like it, stop talking about it, then let us know. And we're, we're cool with that. But if we did something and I'm just throwing ideas on the table, if we did something where, you know, for 10 bucks a season, uh, less than a dollar an episode, um, you know, something, something like that, a couple bucks a month even, uh, would be great. And, you know, sort of be a, a, a sponsor for an episode that we would call out, you know, maybe there's a, some specified dollar amount where someone could contribute and be a guest on one of the podcasts. If that's something someone would be interested in, maybe there's a donation amount, a contribution amount that sort of, hey, we have a meetup in Tuscaloosa or, or maybe in Atlanta and grab some beers and watch a college football game and and just, you know, spend some time with you guys. But, you know, gals, but but make that open to people who contribute at a certain level. And then maybe there's sort of a peak level that says at, at a certain level of contribution, I'll give you one of my tickets and we'll go sit, to, you know, uh, go watch a game together, an Alabama game together and, and, uh, something, something like that. So those are just ideas. Uh, would love to hear what you think about those. Um, they're good ideas or bad ideas. Uh, you have a thought on them. We'd love to hear that because again, we've been doing this for a while. We love it. We don't want to stop doing it. Uh, but gosh, if we could defray some of the costs and that would be super cool too. So give us some thought and, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Meanwhile, this has been another edition of the Alabama football podcast. Roll Tide. Thanks for listening to the Alabama Football Podcast. We love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show. We encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just to shout out a roll tie. We are where you are. iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, email newsletters, T-shirts, free roster downloads, and of course, on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite way to follow the tide. Got that, Coach? Aye. Of course. Roll Tide.